Hello, this is Jamie Murray from Defiance, and you're listening to TV Times 3. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 180. On this episode, we have some news, and then we'll be talking about recent episodes of Defiance, Revolution, Doctor Who... Uh, Game of Thrones, and the pilot episode of Zombieland from the new Amazon uh, set of series that they've got out there, plus uh, some TV on DVD picks. You can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 180. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Hey, I'm Daryl. And I'm Jason. <laughs> we should say a little bit about ourselves, right? Well, yeah, you can uh, you can say where you're from, or you can add that in when I ask you a little bit about about yourselves here coming up, since that's the uh, the first thing. But uh, thanks both of you for joining me on the podcast uh, this week. Yeah, totally. It's uh, I'm I'm pretty stoked to be invited onto somebody else's podcast. Yeah, Fun. thanks for the invite. Very cool. All right, so well, the first thing we usually do when we have a new guest on the podcast is we ask them a little bit about, uh, you know, what kind of shows and did they, you know, grow up watching, or you know, what kind of hooked them into TV, and uh, in this case, you know, how you guys got into uh, podcasting about TV. So we'll start off with uh, we'll start off with Daryl. Uh, well, definitely, what got me, what kind of rocked my world and, and changed me for TV was was the TV show Lost. You know, up, up to that point, I was just kind of a casual viewer of TV, but when Lost came along, we we saw the previews and thought it looked cool, and and then we got into the show immediately. So that was like the first time we started making sure that we were sitting in front of the TV when it came time for a TV show to come on, and so Lost kind of changed all that, and then that kind of snowballed me into podcasting. I started listening to podcasts about the show and then it came where I wanted to actually do a podcast about a show. So we we did the next big JJ Abrams show, which was Fringe and you know, things just kinda of blossomed for there. So it was it was lost and then it was fringe and then poof, just explosion for me. Cool. Um I I was kind of you could say I was born glued to the TV. I I used to watch hours and hours of TV every day, like six hours of TV a day. And I grew up in the 70s, so I'd watch um, reruns of Leave it to Beaver and I Love Lucy and Andy Griffith and all that. But my favorite was always Happy Days when I was a kid. And uh, I, I my mom called me the human TV guide because I pretty much knew <laughs> what was on every night on every channel. <laughs> and then... Uh, I think around college, I decided, okay, I need to take a break from this so I can get some stuff done. And I went the total other direction. I didn't have a TV for many years. And, um, you know, I just didn't want to have a TV in my residence. But then I I, kind of got this new relationship with TV. It was like when Seinfeld was on. That was my favorite show. Still probably one of my favorite shows of all time. And I'd always go over to somebody else's house and watch it. And then it became more fun because it was like an event and something that we chose to do. And, uh, and it just became kind of more special. And, 
I we have a TV now, but we don't have cable, and I try to look at it like that now, even though I watch a lot more. But I pick and choose, and it's so so much easier now to you know, of course, pick and choose what you want to watch. So um, I just try to you know find out what everyone else says is a good show and watch watch and watch the the good ones. But uh, Lost was one of those shows that friends just kept talking about, so I watched the whole first season on DVD, and then I you know never looked back. Um, until maybe the last episode, then I kind of looked back and thought, was that worth it? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, the, you know, there was some good lost podcasts and, uh, one of my favorites was Jay and Jack. And so my friend Karen and I both loved that. And she's the co-host on the podcast we do now walking dead cast. And so she and I, as soon as walking dead came along, I'd been wanting to do something like Jay and Jack did. And when that came along, I thought of her right away. She and I used to watch zombie movies all the time, asked her if she wanted to do it and she was game and, and we did it and it ended up being a ton of fun and yeah, we're, we're loving it. (laughs) But your theme song, your theme song reminded me of, how I was when I was growing up that I totally strikes a note with me. <laughs> yeah. It's uh that, well, the, the, not the giving up on TV part there in the, in the middle there, but uh very similar to how I grew up. I watched a lot of TV, you know, growing up, I'd come home from, uh, you know, I was the, uh, you know, the latchkey kid. I came home and just sat in front of the TV and did my homework while I was watching TV. And yep. Me and, too. Uh, totally. So yeah, all those, uh, you know, back when there was you know only a handful of stations, but you know a couple of the local stations always had the, you know the, the the shows in syndication. You know, like the the, the where I, the show that I always ended up watching was Emergency. Was that was mm-hmm. always on in the after? You know, that was a, a little before my time, but it was they played mm-hmm. it every afternoon, and it was on like right when I got home, and so that was, uh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, that's uh, definitely reminds me of. Uh, <laughs> How, Your childhood. Yeah, how I grew yeah. up with uh, with TV. Cool. I made a list of all the – I tried to make a list of all the TV shows I ever watched, more than a handful of episodes, and I think there were like over 100 on there. Wow. Tons, yeah. Yes, one of those I, – I think one time there was like before, you know, things like, you know, Netflix and all that, there was sites out there that would try and help you pick – uh, other things that were out there, you could go and rate things that you'd watch, you know, movies and and uh, and TV shows and stuff like that. And I I can't remember one time I was I just sat there and I was just like going through like all these things, going, yeah, I've seen that, mm-hmm. I've, seen, I've seen that, and then pretty soon you're like, wow, that's a really that's a lot of. <laughs> Just uh, just this weekend, I I, I found on uh, RDO. Do you know that the uh, application where you can play? You get a subscription. You can play music. Uh, it's kind of like Spotify. And there was this playlist somebody put together of a hundred TV theme songs, and they were all kind of covers. And so my wife and I, we'd play a song without looking at what it was, and then try to see who could guess first what show <laughs> it came from. And the first several were from that blank period, and 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 I didn't know them. And I was like, man, I thought I. And then after that, I I, I was just getting bam bam. That's friends. That's you know, leave it to Beaver. That's blah blah blah. That was it was so much fun to do that. But it just made me realize how much TV I've watched. <laughs> There's some good theme songs out there. Yeah, that sort of uh, with the ever increasing amount of commercials on TV that uh, and the the less show we keep getting per yeah. hour. 
uh, theme songs have been one of the things that has disappeared on a lot of uh, yeah right on a lot of shows, which is which is kind of disappointing because when you think about it, there are some really great you know, mm-hmm. and as soon as you hear it, it reminds you of of that show, and uh, yeah. So uh, with that, we'll uh, move into uh, the news segment. Got a couple of things. Uh, first, I want to say. This is you know this is upfront upfront week uh, the week that all the broadcast networks are giving their presentations to advertisers trying to sell them on uh, their fall what their fall lineups are going to be and so this week is you know, yesterday we're recording this on Monday Sunday NBC put out their schedule Fox put out theirs today ABC tomorrow and CBS and the CW the the rest of the week but uh, there's just so much stuff and so by the end of the week we'll have been able to see you know some of the trailers for the things and have more information so we'll be talking about that stuff on next week's podcast and so the only couple of news things we have uh this week is that uh, sci-fi has picked up uh, defiance uh, for a second season and uh tnt has canceled uh, monday mornings which isn't a surprise and southland which also isn't a surprise but kind of a disappointment uh that was a really good show and uh I'm sort of I not surprised that Defiance got picked up for a second season, but we'll talk more about that when uh, we get to the next segment of the podcast, which uh, we'll just head to now. Uh, the primetime segment. Uh, first show on the list is Defiance, uh, season one, episode four, uh, Well-Respected Man. And uh, so uh, we'll start off, uh, Daryl, what, uh, what do you think of Defiance uh, so far? Yeah, so far, I mean, I had really high expectations about Defiance. I, I first, uh, the first recollection I have about the show is when I was at San Diego Comic Con last year, and they had one of the hotels just as plastered with this billboard style artwork for the show, and it got me super intrigued. And so I've been kind of following it since then, and have been super excited about it. So my expectation was probably a little over overboard for this show but having said that it hasn't really disappointed me i've really enjoyed it it's it's pretty ambitious in terms of the amount of of characters the alien species that they have on the show there's a lot for the for the viewers to take in and they're doing i think a pretty good job of introducing the characters and helping us understand you know the culture that each of the alien races come from but, you know, they don't have a whole lot of episodes. They only have 13 episode season arc here. So I think, I, think it's a, I think it's a little bit overly ambitious, at least for this first season, while we're trying to learn so much about all of these characters and, and the back story of, of how they all came to be on Earth and how they're trying to live amongst each other. And there's so much going on. But it hasn't disappointed me so far. I really am enjoying it every single week. My favorite thing that they're doing with the show is at the end of each episode, they've done these kind of music uh, covers as there's no dialogue. You're just kind of seeing the action happen. And like there was a great Nirvana cover of Come As You Are, I think, two weeks ago. And that was so, so good. And that's kind of been the thing I've been looking forward to at the end of each episode um, is the kind of the musical number that they play at the end of the episode but i'm I'm loving it so far how about you jason 
I, uh, I I just heard about this the other day. Um, I was listening to the Dexter official podcast, and they had Julie Benz and the woman that plays Daytech's wife on there because she was also on Dexter for a season as Lila, and now they're both on this show together. And uh, so that was the first I'd heard of it. And so um, when you approached me uh, and mentioned that show, I thought, oh, it'd be interesting. So I actually only got to watch the most recent episode, but I you know went back and. Uh, read all about the history of it and everything and reading about it first before I watched the show it felt like um well I was going to say a history lesson but that doesn't sound very interesting I mean it is interesting I like that it's it's got all these like parallels to immigration and there's just this rich background and and very developed and all these political machinations and everything and um uh, yeah, I love I love the rich uh, story backstory of the whole situation and all that. I really like that. And then watching the episode after learning all of that, it was cool how uh, just to know kind of the um, background on all the different kinds of aliens and things like that. Um, I it felt at first it felt like it was going to be a, a bit too B movie for my tastes. Um, but as I watched the episode, I got drawn in and started to like it more than I thought I would. And by the end, I really liked it. And I think I'll probably keep watching it at least for a little while to see if it continues to draw me in. If I have any criticism, I think, well, yeah, what you were saying, Daryl, it feels like a whole lot to download right at the beginning. But also, I think that I wish the dialogue was a little um, better seems a little stilted i think and um the acting is good but i wish it was just a little bit better some of the actors are, of course are better than others um I, I like julie benz a lot and uh the guy who was the main guy he's pretty good he, he was the captain of the freighter on lost um but anyways overall i'd give it say a b plus <laughs> yes i sort of came at it to the same way of being uh, very excited for it. Like when I heard about it, uh, I'm not a gamer, but I was very interested in this sort of a TV show and a game inhabiting the same world at the same time, not just like a game based on a TV show or the other way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that aspect, like apparently in the the next episode, uh, a character that they're transporting ends, you know, to, you know, off to a prison or something like that ends up in the game uh starting uh, this week so that sort of crossover thing those type of things are interesting and it was such a big undertaking uh that I was you know I had high expectations for it and I think the main problem I had I had what you talked about it a little bit here Jason that you you know you read up on past episodes and some of the stuff is so far with the series is I feel like you have to have gone out and read too much about the series that they haven't mm. within the series they haven't given you a lot of information uh they've given you a little bit about a couple of the races you know the alien races but there's seven of them and some of the rest of them just sort of appear and you're you're like they look different and stuff but you haven't really gotten any information about them uh there hasn't been a lot about why you know they came uh, any of that stuff, and a and a couple of the episodes have veered towards the almost being 
you know, a murder mystery, you know, in the middle of, you know, this fantastic world, uh, you know, yeah, where you're, it's kind of noirish. And uh, I, I, I think that maybe my expectations were, were just too high that it's come in under, you know, plus I've, I got a chance to be on set and it's, it's, it's a spectacular set. It's huge. Uh, so that only, you know, increased, you know, my wanting this to be really good type of thing. And I really liked the premiere. I thought it told a really good story, you know, from start to finish and, you know, introducing, uh, you know, the, the basically, you know, the new lawman in town was the, the basic thing. And then the next episode was a little bit, it was almost just, it was like a, a murder mystery procedural. And then the third episode I really liked because they, they delved into more of a couple of the, well, a little bit in the second episode, but also in the third episode, a little bit more of a couple of the alien uh, races, you know, sort of the background of some of the characters and and more about them, which I really liked. And then I found myself kind of bored with this last episode. I don't know if I was just watching it at a time where I was too tired or something or or what, but I just wasn't, I don't know, it, it didn't really draw me in like, like I was hoping to. I still think there's a lot of potential because they have this rich world and they can draw parallels to things that are going on now, which is, I think if they did more of that, because they have a good potential with this, with what they've set up to do a lot more serious stuff like Battlestar Galactica did, mm -hmm. you know, within where they draw parallels to things that are happening, you know, in our world now, but they tell the story with these, you know, fictional characters, which... Uh, you know, Battlestar Galactica did really good. Uh, they, you know, they took a couple and completely flipped the script, you know, on on some of the things that were happening in our world. And, you know, sort of gave you a chance to almost even look at it from a different perspective. And if they can, if they can veer more towards that, I'd be, I think it could be, this show can be really good. And so I'm, you know, I'm not surprised that it got a second season because it is such a big undertaking that it would have had to have hugely flopped for it to not you know for sci-fi to not continue on with it yeah uh how's it doing do you know um i'm not sure where i mean it it started out the premiere episode was i mean granted you know you you how things are for cable but it was one of sci-fi's highest rated premieres that they've had in you know in years so hmm. it started off really well and i think it's mostly maintain that uh for the most part uh since and i haven't heard anything about you know like huge drop-offs in the number of people watching it and stuff uh, i mean it wasn't an overly huge you know number it's not like uh you know well <laughs> practically nothing on cable brings in walking dead numbers but you know it was it was you know somewhere around three million i think or something like mm -hmm. that which is you Decent. know uh, are pretty much where a lot of the USA sci-fi TNT shows, you know, come in at for the mm -hmm. most part. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to keep seeing more because I mean, they did stuff like had a, a linguist develop four different actual languages for mm -hmm. you know, them to speak and stuff like that. Uh, and so, you know, just a huge undertaking for uh, what they've done, but every once in a while it just leaves me, so far out of the first four episodes, I'm like, 
I really liked fifty percent of them. Yeah. And then the other two were eh you know, <laughs> like they they were just sort of episodes. It's still you know, you still have this interesting world, you know, and the that they're in and, and stuff, but I'm hoping for as the series progresses, uh, you know, this first season progresses that sometimes it takes series a little while to, you know, really find their yeah. voice and what they and hopefully they can veer more towards the couple of episodes that I've liked yeah. and less towards the other ones. Yeah, it feels like they've built this really intricate foundation and now the pressure's on to to make use of it. And and I think they are gonna do a lot of uh, sort of self-contained episodes that maybe have a little elements of the larger arc. And so when they do that, they have to make them really interesting. And I could see, like, I only saw this most recent one, and I thought it was reasonably engaging, but it wasn't like, oh, God, I have to see what's going to happen next, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it expanded out a little bit, but then, I don't know, it just, I don't know. The previous episode had so much about... You know, one of the, uh, you know, finding out a, about an ability that this, you know, one alien, you know, or certain people within that alien race tend to, ha- you know, may have and stuff like that. And that was all really interesting, finding out more uh, about, you know, these other characters and and uh, and within the exploring one of those characters, finding out more about the background of their, you know, their race. But uh I hope that they do more of that, that we find out more uh, about the show or, you know, the characters in the show and stuff without having to go read a backstory, you know, know, extra information online. Like you're not supposed to have to play the game to enjoy the show or watch the show Mm -hmm. to enjoy the game or, you know, but and I shouldn't have to go read, you know, a a giant backstory, you know, to to set up that information should be given to me within the series itself i think yeah i agree not to go too much longer but i'm curious do you think that maybe they have the idea that okay if you know the history and the background you'll have a richer experience of the show but if you don't know it you'll still be able to enjoy the surface story i guess i mean i think that the show sort of is right now is trying to hit that that magic hybrid that networks and stuff seem to always be looking for the Mm -hmm. between uh an overarching story and self, you know, and self-contained stories of the week that people can just dip know, into, jump into and watch yeah. one week. And if they miss a week, they're not, you know, totally lost. If they come back, you know, a couple episodes later, you know, I can, I can see that except that sometimes so far, I mean, but we're really early into the series, but so far it's, it's almost seemed like the episodes that become more self-contained don't almost give you anything, you know, <laughs> really, for uh, the the ongoing story too much uh, I don't I don't know I just uh, I think there's a way to to do that but I think also with this type of world and what they've set up that if you're not telling you know you're wasting your time if you're not telling a more over you know overarching story uh, in in this world that they've set up uh, I think you've you know you're, you're missing out on it on a huge opportunity I mean mm-hmm. You can still make, you know, that there something happens in each, in each episode, so that, you know, it it's not where you have to watch four or five episodes at a time to, uh, you know, we 
mention more of that later when we get to Game of Thrones, but that's kind of how Game of Thrones <laughs> runs. <laughs> is, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is a season is like one giant episode that you almost need to watch at once. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll move on to uh, the next show on the list, which is uh, Revolution. Uh, season 1, episode 16, uh, The Love Boat was the last episode that aired. And, uh, you know, Daryl, you uh, podcast about <laughs> Revolution. So uh, what did you think? Uh, what do you think of the series so far and this episode in particular? Yeah, so I, I do. I have the, the Revolution podcast that we do with, with Golden Spiral Media. And, you know, you talk about a show that, you know, shows t- like to gain their footing and try to figure out where they're going and stuff. And this show, I think, definitely took some time to find its footing and took some early criticism from people who thought that the premise was too far-fetched who really didn't even give it a chance to let them explain the premise you know they jumped to conclusions about what it must have been and in their own mind said well that's not possible so i'm out of here but in reality they've explained it very very well and there's i won't i won't give away too much in case folks want to catch up with it but um, the premise is actually quite good and the show is really finding itself now and this last episode, The Love Boat, uh, was, was really a really strong episode. People typically tune into the show for a couple of reasons. They either want, you know, this action-adventure. It had plenty of that. They want character development. It had plenty of that. Um, and they want to know about the mystery of the show itself. And it definitely had all of that. In fact, there was a huge twist with learning that one of the characters that we thought was just a character is is actually tied into the whole cause of the blackout and he doesn't even know it. And so a huge twist. And and so there's a lot of great character development going in. And I thought the love boat, the the latest episode of of revolution was one of the better episodes we've had of the entire season of the series so far. It was just in season one, but it's a great show. I wish more people would, would give it a chance and hadn't given up on it so soon. Are you, are you guys watching it every week? No, I haven't gotten into it. Yeah. Yeah. I I've been, uh, I've been watching it. I think there were, you know, legitimate criticisms for the the first, you know, the first part of the season, you know, the first 10 episodes, uh, which they, I think, pretty much either knew already because, you know, a lot of when a series is in development, just because, you know, people are watching it and and complaining about it, they're already, you know weeks and stuff you know stuff ahead in planning and things right. but uh i think they saw some of the problems themselves uh going into the first part of the season cuz they almost the first episode back from the long hiatus pretty much just like flipped the show you know in a whole new direction and got rid of all pretty much was like okay here's all the things that were going wrong we're just going to drop those cut those off and head off in this other direction now and I think it's been uh, a much better show for it. Uh, it's much more interesting. The action has been uh, pumped up uh, a lot. The only thing that bothers me so far is is it seemed like at one point that there was like a limited number of uh, these gadgets that would allow for power. And now it seems like there's way more <laughs> than, than what that initially was set out to be. Uh, that there's almost too much use of uh of power you know things being powered uh so i'm interested to see where where they go from that because uh 
partially, you know, if you get the if you actually turn the power back on or that proliferates, it, it becomes, a, you know, there becomes a whole new thing uh, with the show. Like if you actually have the ability to, to generate and create power, uh, then a lot of the problems in the world that this lack of power is supposed to have created would be uh, someone fixed. So it would change the show a lot. So I'm interested to see where they go, you know, this season, uh, you know, how much farther they get down the road with the, with power showing up. Uh, but I definitely have been more interested in the series in the second half than I was in the first half. I sort of kept watching it hoping like, it was like, <laughs> I like this type of show. <laughs> I, right. I want it to be, I want it to be better. Uh, I like some of the, you know, some of the characters and the, the the actors in the show and and you're just like you know I want and I think it has uh definitely uh improved I hope that it's one of the you know it had that long hiatus I hope that it might be one of those shows that uh people do give a second shot to like they hear like maybe this podcast or your podcast or something you know that like oh it it got better and and give it a chance, like over the summer, and maybe it ha- it'll have a chance to, uh, you know, maybe grow its audience, which it's going to need. A ch- it's going to need to grow some audience since it's going to be leading off Wednesday nights starting next season. Yeah, that's right. They announced, um, I don't know, within the last couple of days that it's going to be on Wednesdays at the seven. Uh, I'm in Central Time, so I guess the eight p.m. prime time slot. So that is a big deal. It's not going to have the voice leading it in anymore. And I think, too, the other thing to consider with that is there's there's things you can do at the 10 o'clock slot that you can't do at the 7, um, excuse me, the, the 8 o'clock slot, you know, with in terms of violence or language even. So uh, I think they've done some things in the show up to this point that I don't know if they'll continue to do or not. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I mean, I guess they sort of maintain that it's kind of a family show. But, yeah, they could, uh, yeah, I'm not sure... Because you kind of almost want the series to go a little, not I don't know necessarily darker or whatever, but you know a little, uh, yeah, use the term darker for a show that has no power. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for you know to be you know maybe a little grittier, you know yeah. a little you know, and the prospects of it moving up an hour uh, or a couple hours, you know now uh, is you know what will they will they do? I mean, but yet NBC still thinks that. You know, if you talk about what type of things would traditionally play in an eight, nine, or ten o'clock time slot, for some reason, uh, NBC still continues to think that Law and Order Special Victims Unit is a nine o'clock show. When it's clearly, if you're looking at that traditional view of the the broadcast, you know, prime time, it's a ten o'clock show with the type of things that they cover in that show. Uh, so, you know, who knows what they'll they'll really do? I mean. You have other networks, you know, like Fox that, you know, only have eight and nine o'clock. And, uh, you know, so it's not like they veer away from the gross or something like that on a show like Bones on Fox in the eight o'clock hour. So I don't know. It will be interesting to see, you know, where it goes. I'm interested to see where it goes by the end of the season and then what it can do as you know sort of leading off a night it could <laughs> yeah without a without a voice lead in it could 
it could all of a sudden die, or I hope that if it continues to get good like it has, that people will give it a shot, you know, catch up on DVD or yeah. online or whatever uh, uh, over the summer and, and you know, get on board. You know, I'm kind of always a, a glass half full kind of guy, and, and I there's pros and cons to everything, of course, but I think one of the positives with moving it to the 7 o'clock time slot is, is the – the late slot that it's in right now with 10 o'clock is really late for some folks. You yeah, know, I, I think it is. Yeah, if they, they you know, maintain that it's a family show and then you yeah. put it on at 10, it is uh, uh, It's late. Uh, it is late for, you know, to have both, you know, younger, your younger kids watching it along with the, you know, their their parents or something like that. Yeah, well, even some folks, I mean, we get comments on our show pretty regularly that, you know, I, I watched on DVR because I've got to get up and go to work and I yeah. have to get there <laughs> early. Too. And, you know, so the, moving it to the eight o'clock slot is, is going to change that and it may find a whole other audience because of the earlier time slot. But they've done some really strong things in the back half with some of the character development. Charlie, which is a character that really annoyed people in the, at, at the beginning. And and maybe that was intentional. I like to think that at least some of it was intentional because they needed her character arc to make sense. They needed to show where she was or, or, or whether she like when you look at where she is now and what she did this last episode with with Miles and the things that she did to kind of bring him back from a dark place. You know that gives she's earned that credibility because of where she's come and the character arc that she has had. So she took a lot of criticism early on, but. I think that they're doing a whole lot of things right now, and and uh, hopefully the the show will gain an, a larger audience with the move and and with the you know getting a second season should give it people maybe a, an opportunity to go and and catch it. Maybe they gave up on it, but go back and and try it again. Yeah, it's yeah that her her character arc. I think part of the the original problem in that is the way that the show is advertised that people had you know a different view of what this character was going to be before you saw it. And so when you finally saw it, you were, you were like, that's not what I thought. You know, she seemed like she was going to be the character that she is now. Yeah. Then. Yeah. That's, that's sort of what they were. That's sort of what the, you know, the, the promos kind of made it look like and, and stuff. And then you had, you know, the, you know, the comparisons to other things out there where you have, an attractive female with a, some sort of bow and arrow type gadget. Uh, you know, and uh, so it, there was, there was some of that. And I think now she is, she is that, you know, that stronger, uh, you know, character that, that you thought that she was going to be in the beginning. Uh, and so, yeah, I, that's, I think that's one of the, I think you definitely had the, the arc to get there, but I think that's also one of the changes you know that happens over the course of a season, but it also has made the show better uh, in its second half. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I think that's uh, enough about uh, Revolution, and we'll move on to uh, Doctor Who, uh, season seven, episode twelve, uh, Nightmare in Silver. So, uh, who wants to jump in first on uh, on Doctor Who? I'll go. So, um, I love Doctor Who. I, I I was kind of casual fan when it was on in the 80s and you know I looked on with interest when they announced they were going to start the new version back in 2005 and they you know it's just fast paced and beautiful to look at and it's really imaginative and I love you know that they can do 
episodes, quiet episodes, um, you know, historical, and then they can go off and do sci-fi extravaganzas and they can mess with time and space, you know, it's just like this huge, great palette. And, uh, it's also I love the the that that there's a scare factor to it. You know, it's kind of I, I I guess it's kind of a kid show, so it can't get too scary. But um, you know, I like the ones that are that are scarier for this episode. So I guess you don't you don't really want me to say too much about the details and give away spoilers. Well, you can if you want. I mean, it's the the episode's already aired, so if uh... okay. Yeah, well, I won't, we, I won't we try and waste. provide. Well, that's one of the reasons why we provide the time codes. That uh, you know, if people okay, want to skip a it, segment, they it. can uh, they can just move yeah. along. I did have one person uh, complain to me one time that we spoiled something for him, and I was like, well, "If you hadn't watched the finale of Dexter, why would you listen to the segment? I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, why yeah. would you not just hit pause and and not listen?" But anyways, go go ahead. Oh, okay, good. Okay, got it. So this episode in particular was written by Neil Gaiman, who. Um, He's written a lot of things, but he's probably most well known for writing the Sandman comic, and he's into kind of fairy tale-ish kind of things. And uh, they tasked him with making one of Doctor Who's uh, old villains, the Cybermen, recurring villains, uh, scary again. And I, so I looked at it through that lens, and I thought, hmm. They don't. They still don't seem scary to me. There's been episodes this season where I felt kind of creeped out, and this one they did seem like more of a threat, I think, than they have before. So he he kind of succeeded on that front. But what I really loved about the episode, and I and I always love when shows do this, is they kind of pay respect to their pasts. So at one point, the, the doctor's being taken over by uh, the one of the Cybermen. It, it's 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 a total ripoff. Well, you could argue that the Borg ripped off Cybermen in the first place but it just felt like the borg right <laughs> with yes. when uh, uh uh picard was locutus and they were you know he was gave, given cybernetic implants and taken over so this similar thing was happening to the doctor instead of calling it assimilation they called it he was being upgraded and so you see a picture inside of his mind of the doctor and then the um, cyberman version of the doctor trying to battle for for dominance and they go back and show all the faces of the previous regenerations of the doctors over time. And they, and he, you know, uh, because the cyber man is gaining access to all the doctor's memories, things oh, catchphrases from the previous doctors come up. He says, Alonzi at one point, And he says, fantastic. Just like doctor number nine said. So I like, you know, that they call back to stuff like that. It's, it's especially thrilling. Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode. It was exciting. And, um, and, you know, I kept my interest. Uh, I think Matt Smith is a really good doctor and I always sort of compare him versus uh, David Tennant, the one before him. And I, th- I still think David Tennant, I don't know. I'm starting to think Matt, Matt Smith might be the best doctor, but the one thing that David Tennant could do better that I wish Matt Smith could do is when he's angry, he seem it's got a lot more weight to it. Matt Smith, when he's angry, it feels a bit hollow. And then this new companion that he has, uh, Clara She's beautiful and fun and everything, but she seems a bit hollow too. Like when one of the Cybermen uh, took off with this uh, little girl that she's supposed to be uh, taking care of, she just seemed like, oh, that's a bummer. 
And, you know, that sort of made the Cyberman feel a little less threatening to me because if she's not worried about it, then I feel like, why should I be? <laughs> but um, <laughs> that aside, uh, I, I thought I, I love when they do interesting things like they have, you know, them playing an actual chess game. And then the whole show is sort of like a metaphorical chess game positioning for power with among the Cybermen. And then it was like another chess game going on within Doctor Who's mind. So just the imagination that goes on in this show is enough for me. I, it feels like, you know, at first I had to get over the fact that it's this very broad version of sci-fi where the doctor can pretty much just make up some solution and you have to kind of buy into it and he has his sonic screwdriver and everything so pretty much anything he says goes but when you can realize that it's kind of a a fantasy more than a sci-fi show then it's easier to appreciate so anyway i like it and i can't wait for uh, next week is the finale and it looks like they're going to be wrapping up some plot lines that have been going on with this version of the doctor. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love all that too, Jason. I'm, I'm a new who fan in the last year. I've been having people tell me for years that I I should start watching the show. So finally last summer I, I went and kind of binged all of the, the reboot, you know, since Eccleston came along Mm -hmm. and, uh, and now I actually do, I do a weekly show for Dr. Who, but, you know this this episode Nightmare in Silver with the Cybermen it, it felt it felt good. The Cybermen is one of the iconic villains of Doctor Who and they did a great job of you know making them modern, making them more uh more dangerous than ever before. You know they actually moved at speed for the first time that I can recall. Mm-hmm. But I kind of liked the fact that prior to this, they were kind of slow and methodical. They kind of gave me that Jason Voorhees vibe from Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. You know, they were going to hunt you down. They may take them a little while. You can run, but you can only run for so long. But having said that, I still appreciated their, uh, the fact that they can move fast now and, and dislocate different appendages to make them even more of a threat. So I thought it was a, a great episode. It felt really strong. One of the things I, I liked that they did with the with the directing was when the doctor was was kind of you didn't know if he was the uh, Cyberman version or if it was if it was the doctor and at first they whatever face whichever side of his face was facing the camera was the was the version of the doctor that that we were getting you know was the version of the doctor that was talking. Right. But as the show went on, that changed, and the the camera started looking at him more straight on. And so not only did Clara have to, at some point, a couple of points actually, try to figure out which doctor was she speaking with, which made for some great moments on screen. But the audience had to do the same thing. And uh, so I, I liked that we kind of got we got the opportunity to play along and try to figure out who was in control of the doctor's body at, at that given point. But I thought it was a fun episode. I've... You know, these episodes with Clara have been, they kind of hit a, a dull spot in the middle for me. They were kind of good, but not great. This episode, I felt like kind of returned some of the really strong things that Doctor Who does when Doctor Who does it right. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and like you said, Jason, for the finale next week, oh my gosh, I am so mm-hmm. excited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they definitely seem to do beginnings and endings uh, really well on the show. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a, a newer Who fan. Uh, I haven't gone back and watched all of the reboot. I started watching, I don't know, 
last season or uh, somewhere in there. But it's one of those that you can just jump in pretty much any time and start watching. And within a few episodes, you get the idea of, of what's going on. And I, I really – I always enjoy the pace of an episode. It always just moves – it's it's the fastest show you know, on TV. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little manic, but I really enjoyed yeah. uh, Matt Smith in this, you know, the sort of the battle between the two where he was – you know, playing two different versions, you know, of himself uh, mm-hmm. was was very interesting to watch. Uh, I thought he did a really good job uh, with that. The I guess the uh, the one thing is it is well, a couple of episodes ago they had you know the uh, where you know sort of Clara finds out all kinds of information, but then they do the timeline reset <laughs> and she doesn't yeah. know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but then she gets a little hint at you know the impossible girl thing. And but by the end of the episode, she's just like, "Oh, see you next week." And I was like, "Shouldn't she have like, <laughs> like remembered?" She because at first she was like, "Why?" Uh, but then you know you're in the middle of this big situation. But I thought she might have come back to that uh, or mm-hmm. something. I don't understand why he doesn't just tell her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been <laughs> I've been interested in that they gave this big mystery to you know uh, the companion. Uh, it was I thought was an interesting way to go, something you know, kind of new. But the way they've told the story, some of the episodes seem like out of place. Uh, where you're like, Shh, it seems like they have they have a different relationship. They should have a different relationship by now. And this and the way they're talking to each other seems like they they're just you know. But you're like a few episodes in, and uh, so there's been some stuff like that that have felt out of place with the Doctor and Clara relationship over the course of how the seasons played out. Uh, but I'm very excited to see, you know, what they're going to do in the finale. Uh, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll leave you hanging with something. <laughs> since, uh, and then, you know, the 50th anniversary specials yeah. coming up. Yeah. So there, uh, David Tennant's returning for that. So that'll be cool. I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Chris, I wish Christopher Eccleston would have too. I guess they asked him and he said no. I'm like, oh. I don't know what his deal is. Seems like he's kind of shunned the show since he left. Yeah. And he was on for a season, so I don't, I don't yeah, know. And he was good too. I thought. Yeah, he was. Have you? So, Jason, you haven't gone back and watched uh, Tenant or Eccleston? I've seen. I've seen you know a few episodes here and there, but I haven't like okay. gone and done like the complete you know, watch all the episodes, uh, thing, you know, like I've seen the first couple of episodes of, you know, when they rebooted and I've seen some of each one, uh, along the way, but I didn't really start watching or weekly or, you know, keeping up with it until, uh, until Matt Smith really, I, it was in, it was, uh, right around the time of the, the last change over. It was like, I started watching it into the, uh, where the you know the the yeah the last regeneration and so that that's pretty much uh, as much of it I've seen. They say you know your favorite doctor usually is the one that you start with. So do you feel like <laughs> Matt Smith is kind of your guy? I guess I mean I I'd, I guess I'd have to say that, but I mean if you look at it, I've seen you know 
20 times as many episodes with him as I've seen right. with, any, with any other yeah, one. So. One of the joys of this show, I've watched, uh, going back to Tom Banker, I think is number four, and the joy and kind of heartbreak of the show is you get to get attached to one actor playing this role and playing it a certain way, and then he regenerates, and you're like, who's this new guy? You know, and uh, if he has companions, they're kind of doing the same thing. Like, wait, we don't know you. And the whole audience is like that. And then you get to and, you know, that's how I felt when when um, David Tennant replaced Christopher Eccleston. I'm like, he seems goofy, you know, and then you realize, oh, man, he's got a lot of depth and he's very um, dynamic and all this. And then you start to like him. And then all of a sudden there's Matt Smith. (laughs) 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 It's fun, though. It is. It's, well, it's, I, I think that also allows them that they could, you know, they can continue on. Yeah, forever. It's, it's, it's sort of built into uh, the the show that at a certain point, if something starts to get stale or somebody starts to get tired of doing something like this, mm-hmm. like whatever, see you later. We'll just uh, they do that with showrunners too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll just we'll just uh, regenerate the doctor and in uh, <laughs> time for a new companion, and we'll just move along. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think. Uh, I've liked the uh, – I've wished they would have, I don't know, at some point delved into uh, the you know the Clara stuff a little bit more uh, before now because mm-hmm. it kind of seems like they set it up. They started to go somewhere and then they've traded water with some other you know, sort of fun episodes and yeah. one where you're like, oh, she finds out, oh – she doesn't know anything anymore, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely interested to see where they go uh, in the finale. Maybe they won't reveal. Yeah, I think they're supposed to reveal what's going on with her, but maybe they won't. Maybe they'll save it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll move on to the uh, next show on the list, which is Game of Thrones. Now we're at season three, episode seven, uh, The Bear and the Maiden Fair. And uh, so, uh, Jason, uh, what do you think? Uh, I was reading online that people liked this episode but thought it wasn't one of the better ones of the season. But I just loved it. I, I, I mean, this show has so many characters and plot lines that it kind of inches forward because you have to check in with each one of them every episode and just get a little bit farther but i don't care because it's so beautiful and the dialogue is awesome and it's so engaging um i was uh, i was just totally uh, enthralled and i guess uh, j what's his name j r r uh what's the guy the author's name of Game of Thrones. Anyway, the guy who wrote the novels that the show's based on, he he wrote this episode and uh you could tell I thought the dialogue seemed really natural and he had a really command uh, a command of the dialogue. Um I love the stuff with Jon Jon Snow and I think it's Egret. Uh I I think if you're going to do a romance um the way to do it is to have the characters giving each other a lot of crap rather than it being all sappy, you know, because <laughs> it's more fun and it's more fun to watch. And so I like that. And I like that there's kind of the, this play on with loyalty, who's he going to be loyal to loyal to, and that they're totally falling for each other, but they're, you know, kind of the Romeo and Julia thing that's working really good for me. The, um, the Theon thing, that's the part that I, um, 
am getting tired of the guy who's being tortured. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to see that. <laughs> We've already seen it for the last like three episodes and it's so it's torture to watch. It's like, ow. Yeah. It's torture to torture to watch, but it's also like, what is going on there? Like, yeah, like that what, too. what's the, what's the point? Like why? Yeah. There's, there doesn't why? seem to be a, a huge why in the, like why let him go only to bring him right back, you know, type like, what are they you know, what are at they doing point, with him? I know. At this point, I sincerely feel like we're being messed with as an audience, too. <laughs> like, we know you want to know. We're not, okay, wait, here, someone's come to save him. Psych. <laughs> uh, and you know, they got their weekly dose of nudity. But otherwise, as soon as those girls came out and started pretty much molesting him, I, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, he's going to lose his manhood here. Um the uh, thing with um, Rob and Talisa, I guess is her name, they're doing a more traditional kind of lovey-dovey romance. But that worked for me, too, because on this show, when people are really happy, all you can think as an audience member is something's going to go horribly wrong here. So even a really happy moment is filled with tension. <laughs> it's like this can't last. Um then there's uh, Tyrion and Bronn, uh, his, I guess, assist, his bodyguard, and uh, talking about how he's going to be married to Sansa. And then Marjorie and Sansa as a counterpoint talking about it. And Tyrion and Sansa are both nervous. And Bronn and Marjorie, interestingly, are both trying to tell him, it'll be okay, give it a shot. And uh, I love that. It's so funny. And just having Bronn say to Tyrion, come on, you know you want it. <laughs> you know you want to get with her. And, uh, and then um Sansa asking Marjorie if her mother taught her that more experienced men are better in bed. And she's like, yes, sweet girl. My mother taught me that. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so it's really funny, but it's all, but you know, it, it, this is sort of an extension of last week's episode and you might think, okay, we get it. They're nervous. But to me, it's like a buildup, like, oh yeah, they do seem really oddly matched. And how is it going to be when they're together in one space? Like I can't even see as actors that, they would I have no clue what they're going to be like together, which makes me because it's such a good show. I think probably it's going to be awesome. But but I really don't know what to expect. So I'm totally looking forward to that. A couple more. The um, Joffrey and Tywin. Uh, I love that because anytime anyone approaches Joffrey, I think, oh, man, that person's risking death, even just talking to Joffrey. <laughs> so that guy's but a psycho. Yeah, and he's got power. But with Tywin, you know, he's a he's a, a, a dominant personality, and he's and you, so you, I just didn't know. I still feel feared for Tywin's life, but it became pretty clear that it looked like Joffrey's maybe Tywin's the one person that Joffrey still respects and is afraid of. And I loved how Tywin kind of showed deference, but also kind of. Um, insulted him by saying we could have people carry you to the meeting room <laughs> at the same time you know and he walked up right right up to him and kind of towered over him there a lot of tension there but I mean Joffrey I I, <coughs> I hated to see what happened to our you know the I, I, I still feel like I don't want to spoil stuff from season one so I won't say but to the character in season one that we everybody who watches the show knows what I'm talking about but um I quickly became really happy that Joffrey was king just because it's so fun to see what what he's going to do with that. <laughs> and then finally, um, with Jamie and Brienne, um, I just have loved watching their relationship 
Jamie being the jerk and transforming into this kind of a loyal friend. And if somebody would have told me that was going to happen, I never would have believed it. But the way it's played out has been really great. And the fact that he went back from her and fought that bear was amazing or didn't fight it, but, you know, outsmarted, I guess. And, uh, I read that that's, that was actually a real bear, a nine-foot-tall Kodiak bear that they used for that. But anyway, I like that, and I like that the episode ended with something kind of going right for someone for a change, even though I know it won't last. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my take. I really like this season in that they are giving you little bits of each storyline in each episode, where in past seasons it seemed like characters would disappear for an episode or so, and mm-hmm. it was a little harder while you're not getting as much when they do appear this season you're not yeah. you're not falling behind and like oh wait who who's that again you know or what's going on there you are i think you're better better able to keep up with the continue with all the continuing storylines if they give you when they're giving you a little bit in in each one mm-hmm. uh which i like better this season the Jamie and Brienne storyline You've gone from, you know, from what he does in the first episode of the series to now, and you're like, the guy's still a jerk, you know? yeah, and he's still like this, but yet, arrogant, <laughs> but yet you're you have you have a completely different view of him, and the the relationship between him and Brienne this been like one of the best things of the season, mm-hmm. and then also filling in some backstory on him, like why he killed the king and became known as the king slayer was mm-hmm. like if, if that's what really happened that's you know that's a completely different take on the character to what he you know what he became uh from that uh is is interesting uh the the that whole storyline has been just outstanding to watch uh, unfold you think and, there'll be a couple I have no idea what <laughs> what's going on there. Yeah. Uh whether whether they, they, they would go there or not. I want them to just so I can see what Cersei will do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's definitely been an interesting uh you know, even if they just you know, actual friends or something like that, where there's more than just sort of the respect for the other, you know, sort of warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, duty bound thing, kind of thing uh, yeah. that they that they kind of sort of started off with but yeah i i liked in the episode that he realized that that he while he his lie helped save her the first time it was also going to be what was going to be the end of her this time around uh because now everybody thinks that her her parents are really well off so i thought that was interesting that you know that's why he went back but a, a a lot of the storylines have been I really liked uh Tywin like telling Tyrion, you know, well you're gonna have to marry Sansa, but then also being like, But you're gonna have to marry the other guy, you know, <laughs> to both his kids. Yeah. And, and They're sitting there like And she's like, Wait, what? <laughs> you uh... know. That was you know, and and where, you know, that could possibly go uh Sansa is like the stupidest character on the show. I mean, she is like completely out of her depth in pretty much any situation uh, on the show. And but you were like totally felt sad for her 
when she was watching the ship sail away that she could have possibly been on, uh, even if that would have not been necessarily a great situation for her in the end, it might have been better than what she's got going on now. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least for the at least for now, it would have yeah. been better. Like it would have seemed better now. But yeah, I I'm I'm interested to see what happens once Jamie finally does get back to King's Landing. Uh, That'll be season seven. (laughs) (laughs) At this rate. Uh, But a lot of the other storyline, I'm interested to see, you know, what would happen if, you know, Rob's plan works out and, uh, you know, they get that marriage done and get those forces and are able to take over the lands from which the Lannisters come from. And, you know, they've got a lot of interesting plot points The the whole... Uh, them coming over the wall and going to attack Castle Black. I'm interested to see where that goes. I mean, they've set up so many things that I'm I'm like on board to want to see where all these things play out. Mm-hmm. You know, like who is Jon Snow going to be loyal to? The this newfound love, or you know, the the oath that he took before. He's you know he's in the a, he's in a very strange spot where he's. Uh, you know, trying to stay alive himself, and uh, but they everything that almost everything that's set up, other than the 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 torture sequence, <laughs> that I think that's the only storyline that I'm just like I don't care about. I don't because mm-hmm. I don't ha- have any idea like what's going on there. There better be something that comes of that, otherwise it just feels like odd filler mm-hmm. for for a show that doesn't really have any time you know, to, to do that. Like they have all these storylines. It's like, if this doesn't go anywhere, we could have spent more time over here, here, or here. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this actually, that there's something behind this that, uh, you know, that it's been working towards, but yeah, overall, just a, a a great series (laughs) just continues to be great. Uh, and, uh, like I said, looking forward to, where we go in the last three episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only thing I would say about this series is it's not for the faint of heart. (laughs) (laughs) And don't, don't get attached too much. Yes. To (laughs) to, anyone. To to pretty much anybody. Cause they have shown that, uh, that pretty much anybody could go at any time, whether they did in the books or not, you know, type of thing too, that they're not necessarily totally following, uh, you know the the books they they are but they they can still they still differentiate sort of like that what they've been doing on on the walking dead uh you know they're kind of following an overall outline of of things that have happened in the in the books but they can go different ways which i find interesting because it makes it less likely to be uh accidentally spoiled on stuff from people that have read you know the books and stuff like that right all right, so the last thing on the list is uh, Zombieland, uh, which is you know season one, episode one. Uh, the pilot is Amazon has a they're trying to get into original series with their you know their Amazon Prime and and stuff. And uh, Zombieland was out of all the shows was the you know sort of the high profile one since uh, based on the you know based on the movie which was originally going to be, you know, a TV show that ended up turning into a movie. And so there was a lot of interest for me, not just with the subject matter, but 
because the original people behind it were coming back to to do this. Mm -hmm. But oh man, I don't know what you guys <laughs> thought of it. But did you see it, Daryl? I did. I watched it today. Okay. Oh, I I was. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> it was. Mm -hmm. I. It's supposed to be a comedy, and I think I laughed once, and that was way towards the end of the episode. I was just like, uh, I don't know what it. What, <laughs> what did you, you think, like? Derek? Did you like the movie? Yes, Jason? I liked the movie. Yeah, but I'm. But I'm also not one of those people that is like, you're ruining the movie by doing a show, or you know, or. Mm -hmm. I, I I would have rather them tried to do Zombieland and keep it set like in the same world and had a, a new set of people to follow instead of, you know, sort of starting over. I would have thought I think that would have been a more interesting way to go. But I think yeah. you that way you're not comparing them that. Yeah, you, you go away from the, the comparison to the to these characters. But yet. I've seen other things that, you know, that get remade and stuff like that. And I don't necessarily – I try and look at it as its own thing. Mash. And, and I was just, you know, it started weird. Like the beginning of the episode was weird. Uh, I, I And and I, it was supposed to be funny, I suppose, but it didn't, it didn't work for me. Uh, and then the way that they – like right after that opening, you're just like – you're like two months in to these yeah. people being together. I didn't like that because I thought – part of what was great about the movie was these people finding each other. And so you, you missed out on all of that. They tried to tell a little bit with some, you know, throw in a little bit of flashbacks, uh, you know, to some things, but I thought uh, that didn't, that didn't work for me. The whole OnStar bit. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't work for me. I, yeah. I, I don't understand True. the, uh, basically the whole world has been laid to waste. There's very few people left on earth, but yet the power still works everywhere. Yes. Type yeah. of thing. There's, there's just too many yeah. things that were like weird about it. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't funny. You know, that, that was the worst <laughs> part of it. And I didn't laugh. So, uh, so <laughs> that, I think that's enough of me on this. What, what do you think, Daryl? Well, I, I had a, a different reaction than you did. I, I enjoyed it, but I don't know how, how well this is going to work it, as a regular series. Like if it was a movie, it, it was obviously wasn't nearly long enough for that. I could have I enjoyed it more. It definitely doesn't take itself seriously. It, it lets you know right out of the gate that it doesn't take itself seriously. But... So, but I did. I thought the I thought the opening scene with the, the when they're in the office and the guys telling the girl about his terrible morning first with world coffee. problems. Yeah. yeah, I was actually I thought that was funny. I was so glad, you know that uh, he got killed by the zombie. Spoiler: I don't know if I should say that or not. But um, I, I, the fact that the, the show clearly doesn't take itself too seriously. I mean, it is a, it is a zombie, right? I mean. <laughs> it, uh, it uh, I think that helps with some of it. But having said that, the characters to me were more like caricatures. They 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 didn't seem like they were real to me. They seemed like they were. Hey, we liked this person from this movie over here. Let's have a guy kind of like that, but not like that because that would be a total ripoff. So let's make someone similar to that. You know, it was it was really. Um, they, like I said, they felt like caricatures. 
the main, not the main guy, the younger of the two main guys, for whatever reason, he reminds me of Jimmy Fallon. Did anyone else get the Jimmy Fallon vibe from him? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> no, no, just, really. I don't know who. He sort of reminded me of somebody, but well, no, I, I was sitting there trying to think. I was like, no, I don't think it's Jimmy Fallon. I don't know. He, he was probably one of my least favorite. I, I, I actually, not to go into my thing, but I liked the um, Woody Harrelson stand-in pretty well, but not the Jesse Eisenberg stand-in. I thought he was too geeky, and he was more like the, that guy from Big Bang Theory. Not totally, but in that direction. You know, like just seemed too socially inept to that it would be believable that he would uh, be able to attract that other girl, that girl. Yeah. Even in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So how funny was it, though, that they had the guy they rescued and called him Zuckerberg? Oh, I didn't even catch that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The guy that uh, they were like, okay, we're the Secret Service. This guy's the president. We got to kill him at all costs. While they're on their way up, they they call him Zuckerberg, which uh, I thought was hilarious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the, the that whole thing, though, with them. Like, every time they came in contact, you're like, okay, how's... Like, even before, you're like, okay, how's this guy on the window washer thing? How is he going to die? Yes. And, you know, like, I that yeah. that was, like, so telegraphed. Like, I it knew was. that was going to happen. Totally. And then, you know, as it keeps happening, that was just, uh, it, it became like a, a little bit too much. I, I did like the, uh, he gets bit by the old lady, but she's wearing dentures. Yes, so that, that hilarious. So, that, so he didn't actually get bit by a zombie. That was actually good. I thought that was, yeah, uh, that, that was, that was pretty good. But, you know, I, I thought it was, um, it it felt to me like it had a lot of potential and that's kind of damning with faint praise but um <laughs> there were i thought it was i thought the first scene was great i liked the guy that played the woody harrelson um stand in role cuz he got it, gave it his own spin and i thought it worked pretty well and that if the ch- show got a chance to find its voice that he i think he'd be a great character and i thought a lot of it was pretty funny i love the set big 76 ball rolling over the zombie as the zombie kill of the week um i didn't like this on star thing at all i don't care how silly it is it's that's just like wrong <laughs> it's like <laughs> no so um it just felt that that alone made it feel off to me. Like if that hadn't been in there, I think I would have had a lot more hope for the show. But um, I think the the whole thing behind this, these Amazon pilots, I think what they're doing is they're looking at the reviews that people write on Amazon to decide whether they're going to continue the series. Right. And right. so I don't think they're going to continue it because I think a lot of the other shows are getting better reviews. So I think that might be it is a bummer because i thought i mean i didn't love it but i kind of wanted to like it because zombies is my thing you know <laughs> um, so i would have kept watching hoping that it would have gotten better yeah yeah i i think maybe it came from this was like the most high profile thing of amazon jumping into it and it felt so small compared to where like netflix has jumped into you know yeah. started with their original things yeah. uh in in both production value and everything yeah. surrounding it, so I think that is part of also what what hurt it. Uh, but for some me. of the other Amazon series, I didn't watch any of them, but I've heard that some of them are pretty good. Did you guys watch any of them? No, I haven't watched uh, yeah. in any of the other ones yet. Uh, one of the comedies that stars John Goodman, I've heard varying uh, 
I seem to hear more good than bad about it. Uh, it's about uh, like a group of senators, Republican senators or something like that, that all share. It's called Alpha House, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've heard that. And that's like the the other one that since it has like a high profile name like John Goodman attached mm-hmm. to it, uh, that is is supposed to be pretty good. I'm interested to see that one uh, as well. But uh, but yeah, it just felt I don't know, just like they're they're tiptoeing into like original content. They're not like going full steam ahead uh, into it, and that maybe they would pump some of these things up if they went into like full production, you know, maybe they might get uh, better when they were, you know, actually uh, doing that, but uh, more committed. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I don't know. It left a, a left a little to be desired for me, but uh, with that, uh, we'll stop with the uh, prime time and we'll move on to uh, TV on DVD uh, real quick. My pick is uh teen wolf season two, which turned out to be, a, <laughs> this turned out to be a really good show. Even though it's on MTV and a lot of the other stuff that they've had drama-wise has been terrible. It's a little bit in the vein of uh, Vampire Diaries and how it sort of runs and the speed at which things happen. Uh, but it definitely uh, turned into turned out to be a really good show. Uh, talking about things being based off of other ideas, this was also a really good idea to go completely away from what the movies were and just take the basic idea of a teen werewolf in high school and then create something completely different. So either of you have a, a TV on DVD pick or something to, uh, to mention, you know, looking at the list of stuff that's coming out this week, I don't have a lot of things that really get me excited. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't really a whole lot after the yeah. last couple of weeks of being a lot of things being released. There wasn't much. Sure. Coming out. Yeah. Fringe just came out two weeks ago. But, you know, I'll, I'll wax nostalgic here a little bit. I see Laverne and Shirley, the complete mm-hmm. sixth season is coming out. You guys talked about stuff you, you watched growing up, and I didn't really comment on that. But, you know, Happy Days was, was definitely one I watched. And Laverne and Shirley right along there with it, right? Yeah, me Your too. Shows. And so here we have the complete sixth epi- uh, season of Laverne and Shirley out on May 21. So I've got to give that one a little bit of uh, props, I think. Right on. I'm trying to remember that theme song. <laughs> How does uh, it go? They're in the like bottle. Five, six, seven, seven eight. eight. The meal. The muzzle. So, yeah, I looked over those and I didn't, uh, nothing really jumped out at me. But what I first thought when you asked about recommendations is that speaking of Netflix, that a long awaited fourth season of Arrested Development is coming up on May 26th as a Netflix original show. And so to, I, I had watched a few episodes of that show back when it was on 10 years ago and uh, loved it. But I guess because Fox moved it around so much and that was at the time when I didn't have a TV, I, I lost track of it. And so recently I went back and just watched, you know, all three seasons and loved it. It's, it's a little uneven, but it, it's it, and it's it also I think comedies have moved a little more towards that direction. But back when it was first on, it was really um, different and new and it still feels pretty different. And uh, so I would suggest if you're interested in watching uh, the fourth season that you go back and either watch those for the first time or watch them again. And there's not a, a whole ton of episodes, and since they're comedies, they're only about 22 minutes. Yeah, piece, yeah. So you can blaze, you can blaze through a bunch of them in a pretty quickly. Totally. And, uh, and on Netflix, you know, what is it like? 
20 seconds later, the next one just starts right. Yeah. <laughs> right <up>. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep going. Don't have to do a thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, that'll about do it for this episode. Uh, next week, Amory and Ray will be back with me. And as I mentioned before, we'll be talking about all the renewals and cancellations and new shows and stuff like that that'll be coming in fall 2013. And uh, you can find links to the new stories and DVDs we talked about and where you can find uh, Daryl and Jason and their podcasts uh, and more in the show notes at uh, tvtimes3.com slash 180. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, especially... Uh, I'd like to hear what you guys think of Zombieland, if you guys have out there have uh, listened to or have watched it. And uh, you can always uh, you know, leave comments or voicemails at the site or send an uh, email to uh, feedback at tvtimes3.com. And uh, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, thanks, uh, both of you, for uh, joining me on the podcast. Thanks, Jason. That was fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a great time. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.